Welcome to The Sending Space. In this podcast, we talk about what it means to live as the church, to pursue the mission that Jesus gave us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a counterintuitive way to destroy community. So Christian community is a term that gets thrown around quite a bit. Um, community is a very compelling thing. It's, it's difficult. It's hard to attain, but really there's nothing like having a group of people around you who care deeply about who you are, about what you need, about who you're becoming. There's nothing like having people who know all the things that you're wrestling with, who, who understand what you're good at, who, who see you and who know you and they have your back no matter what. Um, I think we experience this depth of relationship here and there in our lives in different pockets, different areas. But I'd argue that it really comes to us the most freely and the most naturally in the context of the church, Uh, because this is where in the church we join together because we're redeemed and we're transformed by Jesus. Jesus joins us together in a way that nothing else can do. So without question, uh, the church is the one place where this type of community occurs supernaturally. It goes beyond our natural inclination to, to love and care for other people. We are transformed and we're brought together in the church. So anyone that's been around the church for a while uh, knows that this ideal of a true loving community, it's a a great thing, but also it can be problematic. And I want to pull something out of the writing of Dietrich Bonhoeffer from his book, Life Together, um, that warns against the problems of having an ideal version of community. So Bonhoeffer uh, warns against those who fixate on sort of a dream version of community. So they, they talk about it, they think about it. They dream about it. Um, To them, community is a really big deal. It's something that they emphasize often. But what Bonhoeffer warns against is that this dream often inhibits real, situation-specific, instantiated community. So in this quote that I'm going to read here in a second, Bonhoeffer uses the term wish dream to cover this basically idealized dreamland version of community. This is what he says. Every human wish dream that is injected into the Christian community is a hindrance to genuine community and must be banished if genuine community is to survive. He who loves his dream of a community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the latter, even though his personal intentions may be ever so honest and earnest and sacrificial. I think that's a powerful concept that Bonhoeffer is laying down there, that if we have this dream version that we pursue and we love this dream version of community, he says it's impossible. We always inevitably destroy real, true Christian community, even if we have the best intentions in doing so. So I want to use an example to illustrate this. Um, I taught for 10 years at Eternity Bible College in Southern California. So every year uh, we would start a new cohort of students through what we called our foundations curriculum. So with this group, we'd, we'd end up spending two and a half years together. We would meet every single week. We'd discuss um, really just every topic. Um, we'd go through history, philosophy, theology, all these different things. And during that time, we just read like up to 7,500 pages together. It was really a crazy uh, thing in a, in a, a, a unique way to bond people together. Talking about all those different things, you get to know each other really well. You spend a lot of time together. So as you can imagine, we grew very close to each other during this time, teachers and students both. And the students would come out at the end of it all more as a family than really as fellow students. So each time we'd go through this two and a half year process with a new class each year. And each time we began a new cohort, the new students had some kind of familiarity with the graduating cohort. So they saw how tight knit the group was. They saw how they functioned like a family. So when they started their own cohort, 
they wanted to be just like that. They entered with that sort of idealized version of what this would look like. But in reality, what they found was they found themselves sitting in a college class with a bunch of strangers. They wanted to live together as a family, but they didn't know each other at all. So they basically were disappointed every single time because they didn't have the same depth of connections that the other groups had had. So in each case, it took some time. And to just watch this occur year after year, it took some time before they were able to just let go of the dreams that they had for a community of what that should look like and actually begin to love and care for and engage with the real people that were sitting around them in this cohort. Once they let go of the idealized version of the community, they were able to pursue real, actual people. And the result, in almost every case, was a deep, loving community. But to get there, they had to lay aside the dream, and they had to begin loving real people. So here's another thing that Bonhoeffer says in this context. He says, The Christian community has not been given to us by God for us to be constantly taking its temperature. The more thankfully we daily receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. Christian brotherhood is not an ideal which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. I think that's profound too. I think we have this tendency to constantly sort of take the temperature of the group or the community that we're in. Instead, we just need to sit back as he's saying and just thankfully receive what's given to us every day. And when we do that, when we just receive it all as a gift, right, rather than pursuing some ideal, we just accept it as a gift. We look at the people around us, we value them for who they are. We see them as a gift that God has placed in our life. When we do that, then we see that God is creating something through us, with us, around us. And it's something we couldn't attain any other way. So if we're going to have any success in joining together for the sake of the gospel, we're going to have to let go of our expectation about what a perfect community looks like. We don't have any perfect groups in our church, um, nor do we have any perfect people. So we have to let go of our idealized version of this. There's really no room for romanticism in any of this. And instead, we need to start paying attention to the very real, very flawed people that God has placed around us. The only path to true community is to love those people in real, everyday, tangible ways. So similarly, I think that that's true of us within the church, developing community with people who already are on the same page with us spiritually. But similarly... If we're going to be able to invite friends, neighbors, coworkers into a loving gospel saturated community, then we need to be able to let go of our ideals of what that process looks like as well. So if you want your neighbors to get a taste of who Jesus is and what life looks like with Jesus, then we're going to have to see them really for who they are and love them for who they are, build a relationship on that basis. Um, it doesn't help us to sit back and sort of just wish we had a, a friendlier neighborhood or neighbors who are interested in the same things that I am or the same age uh, as I am or neighbors who are more spiritual or more chatty or less weird. Um, I think it's easy to, to look and think, well, if my neighborhood was different, I could reach them better. Or my coworkers, my friends, but we only get the neighbors that we get and the coworkers that we get. And um, to a certain extent, our friends are just our friends. And so it doesn't help to have an idealized version of this. Instead, we just look at them we pay attention to them and we love them. We let go of the ideals. We find ways to love and to bless. I really think that until we're willing to lay down the dream version of the community that we're all fostering um, on some level in our own heads, then we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment and for failure. But if we can let go of these romantic notions, we can begin to love real people. And if we do, we might be pleased to discover that we are part of a loving, compelling community of people 
without necessarily aiming at that, without necessarily setting that up as an ideal and trying to make the ideal reality. But we start with real people. We love in real ways. And we see the community will develop around that.